Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo tabbouleh, real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini ziti, granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Mm. Hello, I'm Dan Adute. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan. Like many of you, I'm stuck at home during this pandemic, and so are most of my guests. Connecting to server, let me record here. That leaves me with a crappy laptop from 2012, my own mic, and my fingers crossed, hoping my guests are able to record their half of the conversation too. Okay, all right. Bear with us. Look at all this beautiful food. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan. My guest today has become one of my favorite people. And we only met a couple years ago on the set of YouTube's Cobra Kai, where he brilliantly plays Daniel Russo's nephew, Louie. Brett Ernst is a national headlining comedian. His hilarious comedy special, Principal's Office, just hit over 2 million views. You can watch it for free at brettcomedy.com. He was featured on Comedy Central's This Is Not Happening, is the host of the Jersey Boys podcast and the, the, the Gentleman Show. And he first gained notoriety in the Vince Vaughn documentary, The Wild West Comedy Tour. Brett Ernst, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, Brett. First of all, it's it's Louis. Uh, I'm I'm his uh, cousin. Cousin? If you would have read the scripts, you would have known that I was. Uh... All right, uh, we'll fix that. <laughs> I'm in his post. cousin, Louis. I'm not his nephew. I thought that you're like the. I thought his uncle's kid. Yeah. See, this is why. Oh, his uncle's kid would would make you a would make you a cousin. Yeah. Yeah. This is why they're not bringing you back. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about you, I don't like at first, and then it just grows on me. Which we will get into uh, in a second because you and I spent a long time in Atlanta together and we ate a lot together, um, which I would love to get into. But first, I want to uh, show everyone your fridge, everyone you can see. Brett's fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. Your fridge. First of all, you you are in quarantine with your mom, right? Well, now. I, yeah, I, I stayed down here in Florida. There was no yeah. reason to go to go back. So uh, I've been down here since. I, I, ironically, my last gig was at the Miami Improv, and uh, I stayed here with her when it first started. You yeah. were with your parents too, weren't you? I was. I was with my parents for two and a half months. I just got back to LA. Yeah, so I just stayed here, man. So that's my mother's fridge. You're being a good son. So your mom's fridge, uh, no disrespect, but there's nothing in the crisper. Why is there nothing in the crispers? Completely. Uh, I got to be honest with you, man. It's, it's just been, um, you know, I was raised by a single mother and everything. Oh, don't, don't, don't make this Wait, depressing. Wait, let me bro. finish. Don't everything, make this depressing. Everything's day to day. Okay. In our house. So it's like, you know, my mother likes to cook with everything fresh. Like she goes to the store every day. Right. Every day. That's cool. Well, I don't know how safe that is, though, during quarantine. No, nah, it's fine. It's fine? Well, that's why I was here. I did a lot of the shopping. But, like, what's, that, what's mine is the apple cider vinegar. Um, yeah, which, if, by the way, I don't think it needs to be refrigerated, does it? 
uh, once you open it, I just do it to keep it safe. I mean, you know, uh, we're in South Florida and it's like, it's been raining a lot. Right. So there's a lot, you, you get ants sometimes. So you just, oh, got it. we're used to keeping everything in the fridge. Like you don't even need to put the peanut butter in the fridge. Yeah. Um, wh- so I have a question about your peanut butter. You have Skippy uh, natural peanut butter. Yeah. I thought th- this whole time, I always thought that you were over the age of seven. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, man. Um, one of my favorite things on the planet is uh, strawberry jelly and and Skippy's natural peanut butter uh, sandwiches. I, I'll, I'll eat like three or four of them and then drink a big old tall glass of milk. Oh my god, you are you are a child. You you eat like a child. Is this a breakfast thing or a snack thing? Um, it's like uh, it's a late night thing. It's your late night. It's your late night craving. Yeah. Like when I'm cheating on my on my diet. I have yeah. a cheat day. It's that's one of the things I like to do. That's good. Do you cut the now, uh, do you cut the crust off? Uh, my mom does it for me. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I, I like the crust. You like the crust? Uh, what were you going to say? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, it's fine. I was going to say um, the that on the second shelf, the red thing. That's a little leftover uh, pork that my mother makes. Oh, really? Yeah. What was, is it, is your mom, your mom is Italian? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So she's, I get it. Now that all makes sense. Why she would, uh, why she would take her cooking a little more seriously. However, however, Miss, Mrs. Mrs. Ernst, is that, is that uh, her last name? Russo. Russo. Miss Russo. Listen, what's with the, uh, what's with the chopped up garlic, the pre-chopped garlic in jars? Uh, That's that's mine again. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So what I do with that is I like to take uh, I like to take a scoop of garlic sometimes with a little bit of natural honey, and just uh, and eat it. Oh, one of those like uh, hippie live longer things. No, it's just good for you, man. It's the apple cider vinegar. I always do a shot on an empty stomach with a little uh, fresh virgin uh, olive oil. Yeah. And then um, fresh virgin or extra virgin? Which extra one? virgin. All right. Fresh Virgin sounds like a Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> bring me the Oh, no, fresh I'm sorry. Virgin. I confused that. That's the person we sacrifice to the gods. I meant uh, extra virgin. <laughs> um, all right. So, so, the, uh, so the red pork is like a pork and a pork ragu. Is it a ragu? A Sunday no, it's ragu? A, it's a healthy. It's a pork, um, a little thinly sliced pork Parmesan pretty much. And, oh, delicious. Yeah, with a little fresh mozzarella, like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. Um, but everything, there's the quick fix thing. I mean, I could tell you how I cook. Like there's one ingredient here, which is my secret, which I'll share with everybody, um, which is on the condiment drawer. Okay. Uh, mostly everything there is mine. Right over here. Yeah. All that stuff I buy. Now that's the fresh peppers right there. The this sweet guy? Pepper. Yeah. This guy? Yeah. That's yeah. good. I, I like those on like a salad or something when we make salad. Yeah. Down here, there's some more garlic. I uh, see that. Yeah, that that right there, that's that lemon juice, the Sicilian yeah. lemon juice. That is uh, what I use to cut the apple cider vinegar before I go to bed. So, like a lot of that stuff is just for quick, so I don't have to keep. But when we cook, it's a whole different ballgame. Okay, got it. So for the quick, for the quick uh, fix health stuff, you're like, all right, I just a little dash from the. Yeah, the- this this because I'll do it two three times a day, and it's just you know I'm lazy. Okay, got it. Um, and wait, so which one is your secret? These peppers? No, you just you just touched it. 
This guy? Yeah. Oh, Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. It's very. It's a very key ingredient um, in about three of the dishes that I make that are really good. I'll tell you why you like that. Hmm. Okay, you're, you're Italian. One of the main ingredients of Worcestershire sauce that people don't really know is anchovies. And anchovies play a huge role in a lot of Italian cooking. Uh, when I, I, I make a putinesca sauce, I use anchovies. You, yeah, cut, them really, you cut them really thin and they, uh, they melt in, when you're sauteing them. Absolutely. That's, that, to me, is the best-kept secret. of Because a lot of people, they think anchovies and they viscerally have a negative reaction. But they're probably my favorite, my favorite little go-to uh, secret, secret weapon. When I'm cooking. Well, why, why do you, uh, there's a, you're on the right track there. Why I use it and what I use it for. What do you use it for? All right. So my two main dishes I make that I'm, I've perfected is my uh, shrimp scampi and my um, white clam sauce. Okay. So whenever you're cooking with fish, it, it sometimes, and for some reason, people use a little bit of salt. Okay. Use Worcestershire sauce. You get the bite of the sodium, but it, it's a fish based. So it's not salty. So you get that, that, that hit of, um, of the salt, but it's not salty. If that makes yeah. sense. It's like an umami salty. It's That's got like, a, go. it's got a savory feel to it. It's kind of like the Italian, let's say it's the, like the Italian version of soy sauce. Cause soy sauce is similar in that you get that salt, but you also get a lot of other fun stuff with it. Well, this is, I mean, you know, I think it's a uh, white, uh, like British that makes the Worcestershire sauce. I'm not yes, sure. It but, is. Uh, I think it was a British thing, but, but it, it does uh, put it, put it in your, uh, in your fish and, and you, you could taste, you could taste, you could taste it. It adds such a good uh, flavor to it, but it's not, it's not overwhelming. And, and you get the salt effect. The, I, love the it. I love it. Now, uh, last thing before we get out of your fridge is, uh, over here inside your fridge, I'm, 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 circling a what i think is a a can of whipped cream yeah that i put in my protein shakes for a little bit of uh a little bit of flavor (laughs) i told you most of that stuff is for when i for when i train so you train with fucking a can of of shitty whipped cream no i just put it I put a little bit of that in, when I make my uh, my shakes, my protein shakes. It adds a little flavor to it, just a little bit of. Whoosh. Wow! And then and then when the can's over, I I, I use the CO two or whatever it's called, and I get really really high. <laughs> um, Amazing. The uh, I also another key ingredient that I have. You could see it's next to the garlic down there. Yes. And then guy? I have two two jars stacked, but. Another key thing to use, um, you know, I put butter on my toast, but when I'm cooking, I use ghee, uh, clarified butter. Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. So when you use ghee for your, um, for any type, like when you're making your scampi, it's, it's such a, it's such a cleaner, um, a cleaner taste. I mean, I could clarify my own butter, but it's a pain in the ass. It is a pain in the ass. So let's, let's, uh, this is actually a good little pivot because- um, clarified butter is interesting. I didn't really know what it was, uh, for a little bit, but it's basically, if you take your butter and you melt it and then you put it in the freezer 
Um, well, you don't have to. What you do is after you melt it, you're right. There's a film that comes on top. Yeah, that's that's the milk deposits, uh, the milk, milk whatever. the milk solids. Yeah, yeah. So you you just scrape that off. Yeah. But on the bottom of the pan is like a gr- little granules. Yes. So then you just take the butter and you pour it into another container without the uh, you just don't want to get that silt looking stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You probably know the technical terms. No, I mean, it's, it's basically the same technique. If you melted it, if you melt it and then put it in the freezer, what happens is I think the, the solids will get way, way more solid, but the butter will stay liquidy and then you can just kind of pour it out or the, the clarified butter part. Well, um, um, and, and it comes from India, actually. A lot of the ghee, uh, ghee is actually used in a lot of Indian cooking, but it, it's much healthier. It's, it, that's the type of fat you want out of butter. You don't want the dairy fat. Yeah, the best way to describe it is if you, it's kind of like if you've had really good buttered popcorn, that's the butter that they put on top is like that clarified butter because it it's also have any milk if, in it. if you if you go get seafood like what, what you put lobster in when they give you the lobster tail and you dip that in that, that's clarified butter or and I use I use that's one of my favorite toppings, man. Like when I make my steak, um, uh, I use that. You use clarified butter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about our history with food because we have a what began as a contentious food relationship and then blossomed into a, uh, you, you've become one of my favorite people to go out and eat with. Well, um, let's just say we both give off a first impression that it really isn't us and, and uh, yours is just this douchey, smug, <laughs> jerk-off guy, hence the mustache. And then, um, right. you know, you're like, <laughs> you're and, like I'm going to take you to the best place. And, you know, I'm not a fan of people that, uh, because let's be honest, mo- most people that try and, and externally express themselves, there's not a layer of depth to them. The, 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 the say nothing worse than a, uh, <laughs> there's nothing worse than a person that's not creative and thinks they're an artist, right? Okay, that's the end of the show. Brett, thanks <laughs> so much for coming on. No, well, okay. You let me come let, off as that smug dickhead guy, and you're not. <laughs> I mean, you let, are, but you're not. <laughs> let's so let's a little context here. Brett and I are on the show Cobra Kai, so we were living together. Uh, we were living in a, in a hotel, uh, separate rooms, but together. But I had a suite. You had a regular room, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I started off as a because I think I, I don't even know if I can talk about this. I'll ask no, you guys later. Going. It's a joke. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. But we, uh, uh, the the thing that happened was we we didn't know we we didn't know each other. I knew of you. I knew your name, you know, in the comedy world. But I never I never met you. We had a lot of mutual friends. But we were like, okay, uh, I guess uh, we're gonna be friends now. So we started exploring. I love the Atlanta food scene. It's a very fun food scene. There's a lot of interesting, cool kind of hip Southern restaurants, which I wanted to explore. So I was like, all right, let's go to these restaurants. And uh, you, let me, how can I put this? You are like a real, uh, you're like a simple, you're a very simple person, like almost like one rung away from special person. Um, (laughs) You have very simple tastes. Uh, You don't, you don't, you don't. You don't thirst for adventure in food. It's not that, Dan. I'm not into bells and whistles, man. Yes. You're not I into mean, bells look, and whistles. Look, the key to cooking Italian food is its simplicity. 
You understand? That's the key to any good food is the simplicity of it. When you're overcomplicating, it's like overcomplicating a joke. Right. You're over you're overselling it. Yeah. If you, you have a cereal restaurant, I, there's a per, there, I've seen a restaurant in one of those asshole uh, ta- that they serve like all different types of cereal. Who the fuck likes cereal that much? You know, it, it, there's always a, a hook. Just make make if it's good, it's good. So go ahead, smart ass, simple. <laughs> Simplicity is genius, Dan. That is very true, but it also depends on the quality of the ingredients. Okay, simple. That's words. everything too. That's why you don't see it. all of our shit's fresh when we cook. Yeah, you have a fucking can of whipped cream in your fucking fridge. Of, That's of, I'm, I'm also drinking Bang Energy drinks. It's, you're drinking Bang Energy drinks, and you're talking to me like you're fucking uh, Lydia Bastianich, the grand dame of Italian cuisine. Like, oh. no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that I put that in my my uh, my protein shakes. Who puts fucking whipped cream in their protein shakes? I do. I do. It has a nice little flavor to it. Anyway, we went to like this like hipster like beer beer gardeny restaurant in like the like hip gay neighborhood in in Atlanta and we're sitting down there and the menu comes and Brett's like I don't I don't even know what these fucking uh, what what the fuck is what the fuck is a uh, a quinoa cake what the fuck is well, no, dude, they, they, there was items on there. It's like, the this is served with a something truffle over this, and our, and our beef is sautéed and soaked in this. And just just say, you know, first of all, it's a very arrogant thing to do, okay? Nobody gives a fuck. No, when, 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 you get it, when you go to a good restaurant, they don't describe every ingredient. It's pretentious. It's, am I right or wrong? It's pretentious. You, it, to an extent, you are right. But yeah. for someone who has a higher understanding, uh, it's kind of nice to know, oh, what are the greens that I'm being served? Is it a little gem? Is it, uh, is it an arugula? What, 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 what is going to come in here? What, how, who was the farmer? Who farmed the arugula? Was he a nice guy? This, yeah. <laughs> Did he have a mustache? <laughs> Did he ride a bike and, and wear a scarf? But the joke was on me at that restaurant because. Well, the joke was on both of us. What do you mean? I, I remember that I was the one who I left with my tail between my legs. Yeah, but, but at the same time, the food was phenomenal. The food was. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes, that's right. So the joke was on, the joke was on me in that the waitress uh, ended up loving Brett and hating me. Like I was asking annoying questions like, um, I don't prefer beers that have too much hoppiness. Like I like a balanced beer with enough hops to a uh, ratio of, of, of wheat. And, um, and she's like, what fucking beer do you want, dude? And then Brett was like, I like Guinness. Do you have Guinness? And she's like, no. Yeah, closest thing you got to Guinness. And she's like, all right, cool. I get that. So she loved you and hated me. Uh, but then the food, I feel like before the food came, you were like, this is going to be some pretentious hipster bullshit. And it was, and it was still delicious. It was outstanding, man. But, you know, uh, the, the one thing I take credit for is I, I, I'm okay with being wrong. But, you know, I just don't like, like I said, I don't like the bells and whistles. I, I, I just wish that, you know, they just said, look, in Dubai, I've, I, you know, I've traveled a lot of places and ate at some pretty cool places. 
Uh, all they say was this. I remember we went out and I couldn't even describe what was in the dish. Right? Because yeah. they said, do you want this? And I said, what is it? I'm just going to let you try it. That's what they said. Yeah. Let me let you try it. And if you like it, I'll give you more. And you're like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. They eat it, you enjoy it. You say, what, what is this? Not what we have are carefully selected cheese curds that were, uh, you know, no, uh, just give me the food. You're overselling it. I'm with you 100%. The burger was phenomenal, man. The, the, every, the way it was prepared was phenomenal. No, was- I'm with you. And, and frankly, I think I was, the, I was the pretentious one at the dinner, not even the staff there, because it's annoying when the staff is pretentious. When the staff is pretentious, it's really, really annoying. When they're like, you're not cool enough to be here, uh, that's annoying. And I felt like the staff there, they were, I'm going to find out the name of the place and post it, but I feel like they were more excited that, that you were trying new things and that you were open to it, which you weren't. Well, I, I, do, I do feel, you know, it is uh, when people get to play the teacher role, they become a little bit more endearing than when they're, than when they're being talked to. Um, but again, your personality it comes off, you're not pretentious. It's just the way you, it's just the way you, it's like, I'm not really angry. I just stutter and I have to talk very aggressive and my eyebrows weigh about 8,000 pounds. So, you know, you come off a certain way and, but you're really not. And like for you, um, you know, you come off this way when you're not, it's just, it's just your aura. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, well, it, it, it ends up being likable. <laughs> like that stupid fucking mustache you have. By the way, that's going to be the new tagline for this for this show. Dan and Dude, he ends up being likable. <laughs> yeah, but that mustache is beyond like this mustache is ridiculous. I for those of you who can't who aren't watching the podcast because I think I'm going to post this video. But I have a handlebar, a cartoonish like uh, bank robber from the 1800s. Uh, yeah, you mustache. look like fucking Millard Fillmore or whatever his name was. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but, you should call the chops to connect it, please. That would be tremendous. There's nothing better than a podcast that just talks about things that you guys can't see. But I look great. Okay. Oh, I thought I thought they could watch this. Can they watch it? Well, hopefully. I think I'm going to post these. Yeah. So hopefully you guys are watching this as well. Uh, okay, but I was confused that you showed my refrigerator, and I thought that's 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 <laughs> the people could watch this. No, people are hopefully going to watch this. I'm also I will post a picture of my mustache alongside the picture of. Uh, Brett's fridge. So we, we actually ended up having a system though in Atlanta where I would choose a restaurant and then the next time you would choose a restaurant. And the next restaurant we went to was an amazing old school Italian steakhouse joint. Yeah. Which is like, which is probably one of my favorite types of restaurants are old school Italian. Like whether it's old school Italian steakhouse, whether it's old school Italian, just like a red sauce place. Like they're so fun. You sit down, you drink, you order your your cold martini, and you just feel like I don't know. You feel like a like a character. I don't know. It brings out. I feel like way more machismo in places like that. I feel like I want to get louder in a place like that. Like the camaraderie is more fun. There's something about it. I don't know. It well, again, like an old school thing. The, you know, uh, we, I do a show out of Vegas and I, I get to interview a lot of like, uh, chefs and stuff. And, uh, it, it's actually a gambling show, but it's disguised. It, it's a men's lifestyle. It's a gambling show disguised as a men's lifestyle show. Right. But, um, you know, how to properly cook a steak. And, uh, again, man, uh, m- the masculine palate is a lot different than a feminine palate. Uh, first of all, they, now I'm going to get canceled. I'm getting canceled now. 
no, it is. Women have more taste buds and, and you know, they say, but women tend to go towards sweeter things. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a difference. And yeah. that's why a lot of a masculine palates, like uh, smoky flavors, cigars, Right. And again, it's 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 a generalization. It's not an absolute. So every, keep everybody relax. This is, yeah. this is culinary fact. Um, um, agreed. I also want to make clear that these thoughts are Brett's and Brett's alone. I am oh, God. a vehicle See, is, for them. Whatever. Anyways, so again, male, male, men are very simple. We're simple in the way we dress. There's not a lot of complications in, in, in the experience, right? And that's something that we just, the less hassle we're there. You know what I mean? The less bells and whistles were there. I can't, and and I'm not saying that you're, it just bothers me. It just bothers me. So when you go to a steakhouse, like good Italian food, like I said, is not only the simplicity, that's where the ingredients count, by the way. So, um, what was I saying? Well, that's the thing. If you, if the, the more simple you make it, then you can't, you can't disguise anything. You better have the best ingredients there. Right. Like it's like, if you go to a restaurant, you better not order a steak well done because they're going to give you an, an old piece of meat. It, it defeats the purpose of, of the steak and the cut of the meat. Right. Um, but anyways, talking to a lot of these chefs, they, they discuss the male palate versus the female palate. So, you know, there's certain w- foods that we gravitate towards, like cooking a steak. Um, it's simple. Again, there's salt, pepper, uh, you know, it's nothing complicated. 45 seconds on the grill this way, this way, flip it this way, this way, then stick it in the oven for eight minutes and yeah. you're done. Let it sit. That's it. That's it. So um, learning from these chefs and, and, and a lot of these places. So the Italian, what, what makes the Italian steakhouse, the experience is the it's it's a lot of no hassle. What do you want? And it's cooked just perfect. Everything's cooked perfect. It's cooked with uh, uh, easy ingredients, ingredients you can pronounce. Um, and it's just, you know, that's what makes that experience. You get a nice uh, uh, scotch, you know, and, yeah. and it, they go good together. I think I also like Italian steakhouses because I feel like their sides are a little lighter than what you get in like an American steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. You'll still have some sort of potato dish and, and stuff like that, but they'll have a lot more like uh, just really, I mean, it's in the best possible way, like greasy vegetable stuff, like veg- vegetal sides that have a lot of uh, just powerful flavors like garlic and, and oil. And just uh, to me, it's like the steak usually is so heavy that if I have too many heavy sides, I, can't, I, I can hardly get through it. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, uh, the, the bread too, man, up front, you can always judge a great steakhouse by the time the, the, the bread they serve you up front. That's yeah. been my experiences. I mean, one of my favorites is the Mastro's in, believe it or not, in Thousand Oaks. Interesting. Yeah. So Mastro's is a very popular steakhouse in uh, the LA area. They have one in Vegas too, I think, right? Yeah, it's it became you know there's there's a bunch, man. Yeah, I've, they're I've like in about deal. seven of them, but the one in Thousand Oaks, it's a small it's a smaller oven and a smaller turnaround. So, you know, it's funny too, man. Um, the pan, a lot of people people don't know this, but when you go to a steakhouse, a lot of the searing pans that they use, they haven't cleaned in in those cast iron pans. You're not supposed to wash those. Right, you're just supposed to kind of wipe them down. Wipe them down. So the one at Peter Luger's, is, I think, is, is like 60 years old. Yeah, which is gross to a lot of people, but it's like, 
that's why it tastes different. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's why a steakhouse, that's part of the reason a steakhouse steak tastes so great. One is, of course, the meat is aged. But two is, yeah, there's a, a, a properly seasoned pan will fucking, will make or break. Uh, and I'll tell you, man, uh, I have to switch gears. We'll talk about simplicity. One of the best meals I ever had, I was living in North Carolina and I went to a pig picking where they roast a pig in a, in an oil drum. Oh, and, like a whole pig. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. this is real Southern cooking, man. And you know, that, that's, that's the thing too, man. You can't duplicate like w- what makes Italian food so good is the passion that goes into, into it, but it's a love. It's, it's like, um, it's just something that, it, it, you know, in, in, in half of my culture, I should say is, uh, uh, I was raised a hundred percent, but in, in that culture, food is everything. Yeah. You Even know, like it, my mom cooks, she wants to cook. There's like love in it. I can't, it's just a lot. Like they take it very seriously. They, I've, I've always thought like, um, like the French, uh, the French love food. Italians are obsessed with food. It's a very different type of thing. I remember I was in, I was actually in Paris and I was eating at a, at an Italian, uh, at a pizza place in Paris that uh, actually that Josh Hield, uh, our mutual friend told me to go to. And it was very authentic Italian pizza. And the guy was like, one of, one of the waiters was like, uh, yeah, um, he was Italian. And I was like, so what's your, what do you think about the pizza here? He's like, eh, it's a good, it's, it's good. <laughs> I'm like, what's, what's wrong with it? He's like, eh, I don't, uh, I don't uh, eat it anymore. I'm like, why don't you eat it? He's like, it's not the he's like basically he's like it's not the right mozzarella and I so I asked my mom to fly in mozzarella and when it comes then I have the chef make it and then I'll eat the pizza like he wouldn't eat if it didn't have the right mozzarella he would like Italians have this such an obsession with ingredients where this guy is literally just like I won't eat it if it doesn't have the right mozzarella and my mom doesn't ship it in no uh well you know there is the Italian American experience versus the experience in Italy. Yeah. Um, obviously. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, I, I brought this up. Well, first of all, to understand the Italian cuisine, <clears throat> most of it was peasant food. <clears throat> so a lot of Italian American food, like there's a dish called gabazzel, which is like a, a sheep's head, right? Yeah. And the old school guineas loved it, man. You know, the mustache peak guys, like, you know, what you're, what you're wearing, but a little thinner. Right. Uh, they would bring this head to the table. And, you know, you see the fucking head, babies are crying, but, you know, kids are screaming and they're eating the cheekbones and the eyes and the gums off the teeth. But in New York, it was a very hard delicacy to get, you know, like sofrita is like, um, it's Italian chitlins. It's, right. by the way, Southern cooking and uh, uh, Italian American cooking are very similar because they're, we eat the shitty parts of the pig from the knuckles to the, to the intestines. Uh, like tripe. I don't know if you've ever had tripe. I love that's, tripe. That's stomach lining. Actually, so, you, the funny thing is, I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'll get back to you in a second. You're going to have to. I'll keep going. So, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But tripe, I, I don't love tripe. However, the only tripe that I think is, is very, very good that I'll order if it's on the menu is Italian tripe alla parmigiana, uh, which is basically, it's like a tripe cooked in like a red sauce with Parmesan cheese, which to me, I, I don't know, like, Cause like, I feel like tripe in Asian cuisine, like they don't fuck with it too much. They just kind of like grill it and just throw it on. And it's like very, very raw. 
Italians like really know how to finesse it. And uh, Mexicans it do a good job with it too. And menudo too funky for me, too funky for me. I, uh, it's good to drink and eat if you're so trying to sober up. Yeah, I know. But it's like, it's too funky. It's too funky and like organy for me. I, the Italian one though is mellow and delicious. And it's like a fun texture. When it cooks way. though, Dan, I don't know if you ever smelled it cook. Oh, it smells like piss. Cause it's that you boil it first to, to, to clean it out. And yeah, exactly. it's just, it's just awful. Yeah, well, that's the thing is a lot of cultures don't do that part of it, and it just comes out a little gross. But again, the the idea behind it, it um, so you know, you you took whatever good parts of the pig that the rich people took, they threw it to the peasants, and they just made a meal out of it. Right. Um. So the that's why the bells and whistles shit is fake. Like one, once something was considered shit food, now they're like, and now you, it's like, no, dude, like <laughs> my grandmother knew exactly. We used, my grandma used to have the fucking eels swimming in the tub to, to eat, um, you know, the seven fishes that you do on Christmas Eve. No way. When she was younger. Yeah. They would chop the, the thing off. My mom would tell me they chopped the chicken off like the, pe- you know, cause it's, it's peasant shit, man. It's yeah. Animal. Yeah. 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 Chickens in the yard. You know, it's, <laughs> it's interesting because when here's the here's what happened though when Italians came to America because I feel like the poorest Italians that were living in Italy were the ones that came to America right pretty much so yeah they really and, had and nothing the gang, and the guys that were fleeing the government yeah right so they really had nothing and then they came here and they started becoming something of themselves they started making money and they could afford they could suddenly afford meat which they couldn't really afford back in Italy so. I think that's one of the reasons why in American Italian cuisine, you get things like fucking big ass meatballs, your meatball to your meat to starch ratio in Italian American cuisine is way higher than what you get in Italy. And if you go to Italy, you're still not getting that much meat on the menus. But if no, you- that's, that's true, dude, my, my mom would tell me like, you know, my grandmother came from a family of 11, I think, or 10. And then, um, they would that you know you have to cook for fucking 14 kids with no right. money <laughs> so there's a lot of starch it's the same reason why the irish eat potatoes exactly you got to fill it up with starch to, so you don't die and that's my analogy with the cooking okay now i'm, I'm gonna tell me if you get this analogy okay bring it back let's go okay did you ever see robin hood prince of thieves yes Okay, remember when uh he says i would rather have one man defending his home than 10 trained soldiers? Yes. Okay. Italians cook like they're defending their home. Explain. All right. It's, it's, it's like everything depends on this meal. <laughs> so I can't explain it. And it's right, every right. time like your grandmother cooks, any of them, it's like I am about to feed you <laughs> and you're going to sit here. And especially like if you have a guest over, there's nothing more awkward than somebody who's, who's about to eat something and everybody's staring at him to see how they like it. It's true. Yeah. Italian. And, then, and then you're hearing these stories of other meals while you're eating a meal. <laughs> it's, it's true. Italians cook like every meal is like the final dish on master chef that they have to make <laughs> to win the competition. And they'll do it in five minutes. <laughs> they'll just throw shit together. Right. So and, it, and it's just there. Oh, if you're going to, here's a little, little bit of, if you're going to can your, if you're going to get canned tomatoes, okay, there's two that I love. 
uh, Pastine, P-A-S-T-E-N-E, Kitchen Ready Tomatoes. Okay. And the other one is Six in One, it's called. You can get them at any good Italian market. Don't ask me what type of tomatoes they are. I just, uh, I just know that, th- that those two gravies are phenomenal. Brett's hot tips. Brett's hot tips, everyone. It's probably, I imagine it's a San Marzano tomato. Possibly. Probably. I mean, one is from California, and I know that they use a lot of uh, those seeds. Even their wine came from Italy because the the climate is is very similar to Italy. It's, you know, it's an arid climate in California, but a lot of the seeds that they brought over, they use for the wine and the grapes and even the tomatoes. Yeah, but the tomato stuff, man, there's something about Italian tomatoes. I don't know if it's the fucking volcanic ash of Mount Etna or like the soil is just fertilized with like dead Roman soldier centurions from back in the day. <laughs> it's got a flavor and a sweetness to it that's very, very hard to, to reproduce. But we um, do, we do uh, I do differentiate between the Italian-American cuisine versus cuisine from Italy. Everything in Italian-American is red. Yeah. Red. And the tomato, like you go to, even, you know what I would love to do with you, bro? All right. I would love to take you uh, down to South Philly for their Italian food festival. Ooh, that would be fun. I had a crazy Italian, uh, it was like a pork sandwich uh, with a broccoli rob in, in, in Philly that I had to like wait online for. Was it at John's? It was a, it was like in a real shitty neighborhood. Well, South Philly's, I mean, you know, it's, there's a lot of hipsters there now, but like a lot of, the good news is a lot of guys are getting out of jail now. So the neighborhoods are starting to get back to like the way, kind of the way they used to be. Oh yeah. Thank God. Now all the convicts are back. That's what we needed. A lot of those guys were good guys, man. (laughs) Okay. No, but I'm saying the food, the, 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 the food is starting to get, look, I will say that South Philly, the food, the, the, there's still a sense of that community there. Yeah. And, um, between the pork store and my, my, my dearest friend owns, uh, Ionelli's, which is right on Pashyank. But, they, oh, what I was going to say, there's differences there too. Like what they do down there is, is called, it's a crab gravy. So okay. it's blue crab that you made with like a tomato sauce over pasta. Unbelievable. Wow. I've never heard of that. And they also do tomato pies, which is basically a pizza. But with not a lot of cheese, no che- it's like a tomato uh, base over the bread. Right. With cheese sprinkled on it a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another good place for that um, is Ionelli's makes it great. Now, it's, what's great about this place, Dan, is <coughs> that it's been over there 100 years. But this kid just, Vinny opens up when he wants to open up, and he just tells people, I'm open. And there's a line around the block. And it's funny because people will yelp like – like people will, will try like the little hipster foodies that live in the area now. Yeah. They'll go there and they'll be like, you know, I really wish they had proper hours. They're never open. And he would answer their yelps. He would go, well, guess what? Now you're never getting anything. Don't ever step foot in my, <laughs> my store again. <laughs> oh, that's so good. He could give two shits, man. I love it. And his cousin owns the pork store and then they own a water ice store and they've just been in that area forever, man. I love it. The pork oh, store. Great. That's such an Italian thing, the pork store. Oh, I dude, the, 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 the slow roasted pork is just, God, I can't wait. Because they do the festival with the grease, the grease pole, everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I, I definitely got, I want to take you there, man. I'm so down. You don't even know. Dude, we'll you'll do lose it. your, I'm telling you, you'll lose your mind. We'll do this a remote episode. for us one time, okay? I was performing at the um, 
punchline in, in, uh, in Fishtown over in, uh, in Philly. And so me and uh, another comedian, we were going over there. He's like, come over. I'm, I'm going to make you, uh, you know, come over, we'll eat. This is what he made. He made, he made filet mignon uh, calzone, um, calzones. He made uh, two tomato pies, chicken cutlets, about 50 steamed clams, made the, cra- made the crab gravy. Then he made a regular tomato gravy because one of the comics eats like a fucking 12-year-old. <laughs> and it was just the, the three of us. Wow. It was unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, it's how I'll have you open for me when we when we got <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just let me be your road manager, please. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get to these questions now that I ask every guest uh, at the at the towards the end of the show. And uh, we're just gonna go through them. Uh, number one is what is your earliest food memory? Um my my earliest food memory, I have two actually that stick out. When I was a little, little, little baby, my mom would make hard-boiled eggs and mash them with a little butter and salt and pepper okay. that, that I just loved. I, I mean, like, sh- if she did it for me now, I would, I would run outside to get it. I love it. And there's this family recipe that has my grandparents brought from Sicily that is, it's, 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 again, it's basic. It's simple. It's called chicken splits at L, but it's just chicken and with green olives over a um, pasta, and it, it it costs like $3 to make. Love it. And I, and I just, to this day, my mother makes it for me and my brothers when, when, when my brother went up when, when we come down. I love it. I love it. I feel like the Italian guests that I've had on have such distinct food memories like that. Like everyone oh. else is like, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I ate a piece of fish when I was a kid and I hated it. But Italians are like, I remember my grandmother. <laughs> Well, you know what it is too. What I loved was sleeping, and you smell them cooking, man. Like the house, my aunt Terry's house. She made her own pasta. She made everything was fresh made. Like my mom made sausage and peppers yesterday, just on a whim, and the whole house just smells amazing. Everything smells like food. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I used to love sleeping, and like you know, and you smell everybody cooking, and you know when you wake up. It's like uh, it's like that Folgers commercial, but with Italian, but with pork <laughs> instead of coffee. <laughs> He's smelling fucking tripe. Um, what is your death row meal? Um, absolutely, two hundred percent chicken splits at all. My mother's chicken splits. I don't even know if that's a real dish. I just know that it's been in my family. My my, you know, that's. Yeah. Absolute, I mean, what do I get? That's the other thing. Can I get? Because I would the, eat the. How many it's courses? A, it's a very liberal jail. It's run by uh, all the all the uh, all the officers are Michelin star chefs. You can get whatever you want. Okay, so here's what we'll do. Um, we're definitely doing a chicken splits it out, right? My mother's my mother's making it because okay. that's a fond food that I, I want to remember when I when I close my eyes. Right. Um, and then I would also do a white clam sauce. Nice. And then. Um, Maybe a nice a nice rack of ribs, man. You know, and then nice. and then for dessert, uh, apple pie and ice cream. I love that, man. You're gonna fucking die of a heart attack before they give you the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. What is the best high end meal that you've ever had? Um. Again, man, I, I it ruins it for me. Now you know what's funny. The first thing I could answer right away. This. I grew up with everybody can cook. It's like I go to a restaurant. I'm usually disappointed. 
Okay, so what is the, is there a worst high-end meal you've ever had? Like you just fucking spent so much money. I don't want to get into details, but I was working on a project where they invited the cast and this guy was like, I was able to eat like this $200 uh, Kobe beef burger. Okay. And it was really, it was good, but it was like, dude, really? Like, you know, just, for a burger. It was, I don't know, man. It was the way that, the way they made it. I'll tell you what I, I liked that I never had was the four, four, four gras, four, four gras. Four gras. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty good, man. I, 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 I that was really good. Yeah. Four gras is awesome. You're stuttering. Uh, yeah. I started stuttering. I couldn't say it. <laughs> four gras is fantastic. And it's like, that is the opposite of Italian food. Cause that's just like rich people food. Uh, is is it really? That's like I heard it's terrible. Like they they choke the goose or whatever. No, they they, <laughs> yeah, they choke them out. No, they uh, they force feed the goose so that its liver develops like a a little disease that makes it really fatty. Mm, that's yeah, terrible. It's, <laughs> it's pretty fucked up, but it's delicious. <laughs> what is the what is the best low end meal that you've ever had? Oh, not counting what what I eat at the house. Not counting what you eat at the house. Like, let's say, like, some sort of street taco or whatever, or, you know, maybe. Ooh, just... that's, I've had plenty of those, man. Yeah. Those okay. are my favorite, man. When you go to, like, uh, when I'm traveling on the road, that's what I do, man. I, I'm, I'm like a low-end foodie. You know, I'm with you, actually. When, I, when I'm on the road and there's nothing else, there's usually a Mexican joint. And the Mexican, the quality of the Mexican food would be way better than like a Chili's or a fucking, you know. Well, I usually do something with, if I'm working with a local, right? And I'll be like, listen, take me to the best spot, like for chicken wings, uh, like uh, what are they called? The Lucy Juicies up in, in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Uh-huh. Um, take me to the spot that you guys are known for. Like, you know, I'm buying... Just let's go. And they're like, dude, I got the place. I love it. And then you go and then, you know, like pizza in, in, in Brooklyn. I love uh, Spumoni Gardens, L&Bs. The squares are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I would have to say L&Bs, man. Because when, when I go, I remember I, um, me and my wife were in Manhattan and she wanted to, We, you know, I was there working. And I said to her, I said, listen, you're, I'm going to take you to your place and you're going to my place. And her her place we went to Beauty in Essex I think it's called where like yeah. like the front it was great you know yeah, but, but it was a lot of bells and whistles it was too like, many it, bells and whistles it's annoying yeah then the next night I took her to L and B's and we had uh, I love mussels man mm. mussels marinara and uh, and we we got the pie and it was unbelievable I love it you know we do Christmas Eve dude I'll send you photos of of one Christmas Eve dinner between we do the fish. We do a fish salad. We start with the um, the, the galamad, the uh, the shrimp, the scallops. It's all in in like a a, a tossed salad. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Then the next course is a pasta course. We have a puttanesca. I'm sorry. We do the the clams in white and red. Yeah. Then we have a white and red clam sauce over pasta, and we do a puttanesca. Then we do eggplant pasta, pasta of the horse. Then we do eggplant stacks. Did you Which know that that's what puttanesca is? What? Pasta for the whores. Oh, for a whore. A bhutan. Yeah. Uh, a bhutan. Puttanesca. <laughs> it's, uh, it's got a lot of good starch to, to keep the whole well, uh, energized. <laughs> we don't do the bacala, though. Um, you There's don't no need do. for that. 
Oh, okay. The bacala, I don't know if you ever had it. I love salt cod. You do? Oh, I can't get enough of it. But you got to soak it. It's like a process. It's annoying. It takes. And the, like and the reason days. why it was like that is because, you know, people didn't have refrigeration back then. Yeah, yeah. No, like your gefilte fish, isn't it? What do you mean your gefilte fish? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? The juice, you guys, what, what you guys make. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We're not a fucking monolith, all right? I, I, my family's from Iran. There was no fucking gefilte fish in Iran. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. It's a very good thing that we didn't have gefilte fish but, in Iran. But I'm all jokes glad. aside, isn't it the same as bacala? Isn't like uh, the no, gefilte fish is more like pickled, I think. It's like oh, they, okay. they basically, they would chop up all the fish and then put it in some sort of fucking weird formaldehyde pickling gel. Dude, my aunt makes these lagostinos in like uh, garlic butter. Yeah. Like the little lobsters that are unbelievable. And then then the desserts come after that. I love it. The Faras in Brooklyn, they have the cookies flown in. And then we do uh, a fresh one. I want to come for Christmas. No, 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 no. You can can dress me up like Judas. I'll be in the corner. No, no Jews. We don't allow Jews. Uh, now you're not a drinker. I know that. So I was, the next question was going to be, what's your favorite drunk food? But I don't know. I mean, you don't really drink much. Um, but you know, uh, I like burgers, dude. I can, I'm a sucker for, uh, for a burger. I love burgers, man. Do you have a favorite burger? Um, there's a plate. I mean, it depends on where I'm at. Like my favorite burger of all time is a place called Char Hut, <clears throat> but you know, it's in South Florida. So when I was, when I was in high school, I used to go there. And, and it's just, they grill it right in front of you. They have this, this sweet relish that they put on it. Yeah. Um, Five Guys has got a great burger if it's open. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, In-N-Out, I know people are biased, but the greatest fast food burger in the world to me is in Ohio, and it's at Swenson's. Swenson's? It's LeBron's favorite burger, too, yeah. You pull really? up. Yeah, they're like these little burgers, but the, they, the way they do, they have the galley boy. And they have a regular one. And I, I personally get like three of them. They serve you in your car. Yeah. No, it's fucking great. I love it. Swenson's yeah. Burgers. Swenson's. Uh, so, so I'm guessing you don't have a, a favorite hangover food, or do you? Um, like, bur- burgers. Although you were saying that the menudo is, was a good hangover cure. Well, are you talking about like the foods that I eat when I do drink, like White Castles? Like, like I'm when, all- you're, when you're hungover. You're hungover the next day. You feel like shit. You want to feel better. Oh, peanut butter and jelly is good for me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, like, like you said, I'm three. Yeah, seriously. Do you have a, a favorite celebrity chef or food personality besides Danadute? Like, um, I, I wouldn't know any. I don't know any. I mean, you must know someone. You know, or like, you know, these chefs that you've interviewed on your show or... Uh, um, anyone, uh, like anyone on TV, like an Anthony Bourdain or like uh, Gordon Ramsay or any of these guys. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't watch that. I, I, no, I don't, I don't watch. I don't. You know what? You're, you're such a fucking contrarian. Just I don't name... know. What do you want me to, I'll make it up. Make uh, it up. Lagasse. Emeril Lagasse. Yeah. It's a fucking dumb one. So you're trapped on a desert island. There's one thing that you have to eat for the rest of your life, and you are not going to get tired of it. Pizza. Pizza. Do I gain weight? Uh, Who cares? You're on a desert island. No one's going to save you. (laughs) You're going to be a fat fuck on a desert island eating pizza. 
<laughs> I can eat pizza all day, man. Well, here's the next question. Is there a food that you can't stand eating? Is there something that you just fucking hate? You're going to laugh, bro. Uh, my mom, my, my grandfather said, I eat a gula de shek. I eat everything. Everything. There's one thing? Uh, I would probably... I would probably say liver. Liver, okay. If it's you know, if it's more sautéed, I mean, I like it fried. Yeah. I I also eat chicken gizzards. I don't know if you ever had those deep fried with hot yeah, sauce on it. That's unbelievable. They're good. They're chewy as fuck. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. What meal I'm not. Uh, I'm not a big fan of is Alfredo. Interesting. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It just. It's, it's like, it's, it never ends. Like there's always, every time you think you're done, there's more in there. And, <laughs> and it's just like certain Alfredos don't do it for me, man. And I, and I can't, and I'm not a big wine guy. I don't drink wine. You know, it's funny. I associate Alfredo with my childhood because like we used to go to this Italian restaurant and they had it and I fucking loved it so much. And it's just like, it's just, it's like kind of cheating though. It's like, let's take uh, 75 cheeses and just melt them down and, you know, yeah. but it is very dense and it's, it's a but little I, much. I, it's not like I dislike it. <clears throat> I'm just, it's not like everybody likes it. I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, I get that. I'm okay. And the that. wine, like I said, people always like, I hate that, man. I How do you not like wine? It tastes like pennies to me, man. I don't think I have a palate for it. Like I could like pennies. Oh, interesting. You know what that is? You've probably had wine that's way too tannic. So tannins basically give it that kind of in the extreme, it tastes it feels like there's like cotton on your tongue and it adds like a tinny flavor to it. So maybe you just ha- maybe next time we go out, I'm going to I'm going to get you a wine that's very low on tannins and more fruit forward. And I think you'll like it. Um, the only one that I had that I like, um, it's a Bordeaux, a Bordeaux, uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like a mix of wines, it's like a bunch of reds. Is it a Bordeaux? Yeah. Bordeaux is a mix. Bordeaux is a blend. I think you, here's the problem. Italian wines, uh, a lot of Italian wines are kind of sharp, especially on the fruit, like a Chianti or something. So I don't think that's your type. I think you need something that has a lot of oak. A lot of wood flavor. You like those woody flavors, like scotch and stuff like that. Yeah, Smoking dude, it. I love uh, basil Hayden. I yeah. love, I love, uh, I love scotch, man. I got you know, you. I think it could be too. Is my mom when we were younger? Uh, she had, you know, which is this is a very Italian thing to do. But she had the priests over and the nuns, and she made dinner. Yeah, and they were drinking wine, and we grew up. I grew up with those two shitty jugs on the table with the guy's face on it. Yeah, the shitty Chianti. And I just fucking, I was like five and I just got into the wine and just threw up all over the driveway. And I don't think I can go near it. Maybe that's threw, got something to do with it. You threw up the blood of Christ in front of the priest <laughs> and the nun. <laughs> well, no, uh, that was the sacrificial Jew that we, that we drained in the, in the basement. <laughs> that's, we, what that, that's, what that, that's what the red stuff is in the fridge. That's okay. what the red stuff is. Yeah, don't confuse it. <laughs> Um, okay, now my favorite question, which uh, I feel like you are going to have a lot of opinions on. What is your restaurant pet peeve? Um, wow, man. I mean, because I, I was a server, too. Oh, so you got I don't like, I, you know, it's funny, man. I mean, sometimes pretentious is good when it's genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all comedy. All comedy is great when it's what the alt comic is right you know what i mean but it's when people are trying to be that it makes it worse 
Like I would rather have somebody just, you know, I hate the pretentiousness. I hate fake pretentiousness. Yeah. Because true pretentiousness isn't smug. It's more like, look, this is what I like and this is what's good. Don't do this because this has like what you just described about the wine. Yeah. It's it, And it helps that I know you, but like that's not pretentious. That's yeah. actually coming. If it's coming from a good place, you know what I mean? Then it's, yeah. but I hate the, the, the pretentiousness of, of, of a meal. I just of like, a, oh, you don't know? Like that type when they're like, you know, and then the people at the table are like, mm-hmm, oh, but you know, uh, that bothers me when, when the, when the waiter is smug. Yeah. I'm with you. That's a good one. Um, I just, you know what it is though. And you know, look, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I, I, I feel that's that very clear that I think that's coming across. I think the, my audience gets yeah, that. I hope, they, I hope they realize that, but they, nerds, the problem with nerds, everybody gives nerds a pass, you know, but there's some of the biggest fucking condescending bullies on the planet when it comes to like, they think because they're smart that they should be able to shit on people that don't know what they're talking about. Right. <clears throat> so I'm a nerd's worst nightmare in a sense. Cause I see through the bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there are some people that like, especially women that, uh, that have, Again, these ideas are Brett's and Brett's alone. Go on. That have voiced to me that like, they, they're, they keep more quiet because of manners. Right. But it's almost like they talk down to everybody, but everybody, it's like, dude, it's not that it's like, you ever see a person do a joke that they think is so brilliant. Cause they, they use a random reference that like, <laughs> that no one gets. <laughs> it's like dude not but yeah that's maybe it's an insecurity of mine i don't no, know i'm i'm with you dude it's kind of like it's kind of the food equivalent of tech support guys like tech support guys are like oh that's you don't rough. know what to fucking do and you're like uh dude yeah you're better than me at this don't be yeah. a dick about it like yeah. i i don't know so fuck you that's why i'm here that's why i'm paying you uh, to, to fucking guide me through this don't be a dick about it the blue collar equivalent is the, is the mechanic that like talks to you like, like, dude, listen, man, I write dick jokes. I don't know what the fuck this means. I, I don't know what fuel injection is. <laughs> Help me here, pal. <laughs> I mean, stop. There's things I know that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, a meal, <clears throat> a meal is a, a time for people to laugh and have fun. Uh, I believe it or not, uh, I hate people with really good manners hmm. the, that are like, you know, and, and it's just to that, it's like, I don't know. I think it's more, people should be having fun at dinner and talking and laughing and it should be two, three hours. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? And it, it's yeah. just, a, it's just a good way to bond. So I don't know if that counts, but like sometimes etiquette bothers me. I'm with you. I get that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, when, especially when people are holding it over you. Like you're supposed to do it. Like It's like, fuck you. I'll use whatever spoon I want to use. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. That's why my wife hates, hates, hates me, kicks me under the table. <laughs> so our, <laughs> our last question, what is the first restaurant? How many that- last questions do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, last five. Our last question is what what is the first restaurant that you were going to visit after quarantine? If after quarantine, what's the first place you would love to go to eat? Well, I've already, I already went. Oh, yeah, you're in Florida. Shit's open. Yeah, in Florida. Shit's open, man. Yeah. Well, what was the first place you went to? 
Uh, it's La Spaldas. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a sub place that I love, man. Yeah. Yeah, they use all the fresh cuts and and um, it's it's uh, what I love about it too is they they have these sweet peppers that they put on the sandwich. Yeah, you know, there's nothing better than a nice oil and vinegar dressing on Absolutely. a sandwich. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been there like three times already. It's worth it's worth risking your life for. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man, of course. <laughs> I, I had this shit in January, dude. I had this shit in January. Oh, you had Corona. I'm hundred percent positive. I really? Mean, yeah, man. I performed, I shot my, my new hour at the Jimmy Kimmel club with a hundred degree temperature. Wow. Four shows. Um, I couldn't, but I, I went out like a soldier dog. I was still drinking, you know, I was still, uh, uh, gambling and I drank on the last night to celebrate. All right. So if you're looking for who patient zero is, <laughs> so I had, had- had rooms full of thousands, hundreds, hundreds of people. He's like yelling at them. <laughs> well, I, didn't know little, it was, I didn't know. I didn't know. I caught his, it from somebody on the plane. Getting his saliva particles on them and then playing cards and giving cards to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm Patient zero. I'm coughing like this. And the funny thing is I made a joke. I'm like, I probably got that Corona shit. <laughs> but I, I want to get tested for the uh, antibodies. But the um, I did get tested. I'm clean. I put the swab up my nose. Yeah, I need to get that on Wednesday, actually. I don't, uh, that nasty mustache might get in the way. Yeah. Did you just do that for fun? Cause you just grew in a beard and you were like, I wonder what it looks like. Brett Ernst, thank you so much for joining. Can the I talk here. about my Bloody Mary mix, by the way, that I'm. Oh gonna- yes. Tell Brett, Brett has a Bloody Mary mix, uh, yeah. that I want to, I want to try it. You got to send it. Well, if you guys want to buy it, just go to Manny's M A N N Y S U B M. U as in ultimate, B as in bloody, M as in Mary.com. I'd put in my name, Brett, B-R-E-T, and uh, try it out, man. You get 20% off. So am I getting it for free? I, do I You're getting it for free. I want it for free. It. Okay, good, good. Come on, man. God forbid you're reaching your pocket. <laughs> what, is there anything else that you want to promote besides your Bloody Mary mix? Um... No, oh, well, if you guys want, um, check out my, spe- my. I just, honest, two days ago, I hit over two million views, man. On Congratulations. My, on my hour special. So if you guys want to watch it, I already released it for free during the quarantine. But yeah. go to Brett, B R E T, Brett with one T, comedy.com, and you can watch it there for free. Awesome. Good quarantine oh, watching. It's, it's a fantastic special. Brett, thank you so much. I love you, bro. I love you too, brother. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Stephen. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan. And interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.